Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Powers. I have an awesome guest on the show here this morning. He has literally spent most of his adult life in digital marketing. So that's over 25 years in that field. And he is currently the president of Socius Marketing, where every day his company's sole focus is to help home improvement companies generate leads online. I'd like to welcome to the show, Chris Behan. Hello, Chris. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing pretty fantastic. And yourself? Excellent. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, really excited to have you on the show today and and talk about a really big topic, uh, which is essentially, you know, five things or six things. We might even talk about a few more things, but definitely five major points uh, at why a contractor's website might not be working and and converting uh, at the rate that it is. So welcome to the show. But before we get into those points, could you maybe uh, explain, Chris, you know, to the listener who you are and kind of what you do in this industry and how you got to that point? Sure. So my name is Chris B and I'm the president of Socius Marketing. My background is actually approaching about 25 years of specifically digital marketing. So I go kind of very, very deep into that category. I was one of the kind of first to get started, start off optimizing me, which I know most of you have probably never heard of before. Um, but, you know, we do go way back with that. We are probably the largest company that focuses uh, our efforts in the home improvement space. So we, we are very built around lead generation. We work with a very large percentage of the top 500 remodelers, uh, again, focused on web design, paid media management, search engine optimization. But again, you know, everything we do is, is to help a home improvement company generate leads online. So that's really our specialty. It's my background. It's what we're most passionate about. Yeah, and so you've been—I mean, twenty-five years. That's that's a long time uh, in this industry. I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes through the years. Absolutely. I mean, I remember back in the day going to a search engine called Overture and managing pay-per-click or paid media into it, and them charging a nickel a click, thinking no one's ever going to pay a nickel a click. And now we're way, way past that. Um, but we still make it work, and, and it's still a very profitable lead source for for most home improvement companies. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I know it varies by area and by product and stuff, but do you know what the, for our industry about what the average cost per click is these days? It, it does vary, you know, very, very, very drastically um, from a branded search to a non-branded search. But if I were to make a, a generalization uh, across all categories, across all areas for a non-branded click, so meaning they're not typing in the name of your company, it, it's probably in that 6 to $8 range right now. Yeah, a lot, lot higher than a nickel. Yes. Some some places are considerably higher than that, $15, $20 in some cases. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's why it's even more important that with spending that kind of money to make things happen, that, that you're able to convert them and to make things happen. Uh, as I'm sure you've seen from different clients and onboarding people, the drastic change that can happen when they get these points correct on their website uh, and it's converting for them. Absolutely. It is a major difference, even for an established brand. 
where we go through and re, we rebuild their website and rebuild their conversion model, we've seen increases in, of the conversion rate of 40, 50% in a lot of cases just by getting those, you know, different things incorporated into their website, even when you're very established. So it, it's the difference between success and failure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when you're talking conversions, what is a conversion for you? Like, what is that kind of first point that you're looking at? Well, I mean, the, the first point that we look at from a conversion standpoint is a, a conversion would be someone that filled out a form on the website or picked up the phone and called. Now, that, that would be like a raw conversion for us. I mean, a good digital marketing agency will take that several steps further and talk about issued or set issued and then ultimately, you know, the, the lead cost on a percentage basis. So if you're you're working with an agency that doesn't go all the way down the funnel with you, you're probably leaving something out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that really kind of brings us, you know, to the first point at, uh, you know, what you can try to try to do right um, to begin with. And in our pre-call, we're kind of really talking about this. And it's it's kind of the, the high level overview of everything in which we'll get more specific on. Uh, but really, that first point you're telling me was that the site just overall isn't built right for them. And what were your thoughts on that? You know, when you look at a website that just isn't really built right for a specific organization, it really means a lot of different things from the type of photography that's on there, how their brand was incorporated into their into the website. It just doesn't represent kind of who they are, what they do, where they do it, and why somebody should choose them from an organizational standpoint. So making sure that the messaging is right is really, really important. And making sure that you have a website that does more than just check a box is kind of what we're talking about there. It, it's got to be notably more than that. And is that kind of what you see as someone that maybe just, uh, you know, maybe created the site themselves or just kind of used one of those just real basic templates to get something up and going maybe when they were newer so they had something? Because, uh, I, I mean, I would venture to say having – uh, any website is better than not having a website at all. So, I mean, in this day and age, you, you absolutely have to have one. Um, and so, you know, when you, what's the kind of the most common problem, I guess you see when it's not built right for them, like when a client comes to you? I, I would say it just doesn't represent who they are. And to your, to your point, it's because they use some type of website builder or went with the, the cheapest com website company they could find out there. And when you look at those websites, it's just too generic. Okay, people want to buy from from entities at this point. You know, I, I, we've talked several times in the past that your company need, needs to represent itself exactly how it is offline, but do it online. The things that matter to you need to come through on the website. So when you see a very generic or a business card style website, it's just not very likely that it'll ever perform from a, from a web perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then that, I mean, naturally brings us to the next point, which is the site doesn't tell the story of the company. It, it, and that's the biggest thing that we tell people right now is that, look, a lot of organic companies sell windows, siding, gutters, or whatever it might be. We can go to Lowe's or Home Depot or Menards or wherever it might be and, and get those same products in a lot of cases. And what I tell people all the time is that your company is more than the sum of the products that you offer. So if you go to your website and you're only talking about the products, you're leaving your entire story out. Why should somebody choose your organization over the next organization? 
You know, what matters to you? What, what does your belief system look like? Because the goal here is to decommoditize the product. The goal is to keep them out of those big box stores. And how you do that is by effectively telling your story of like who you are, how you operate, what matters to you. I mean, yes, you absolutely have to talk about the products, but you want to stitch your story directly into the product story as well. You know, it's people buy from entities. They're not, but they're buying from you above all else. So when you show your employees and you talk about what matters to you, that really is a very big motivating factor to people at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, the, the companies that I think tell their, their story right are, are the ones that not only do it well online, but they do it well offline too to the consumer. And, and then, you know, more importantly, that when that finally does convert and they get in the home, they're continuing that same story. Um, and it's just really, you know, congruent marketing that from that first person that maybe even knocked on their door or from, you know, clicked on pay per click and went to the site and saw that, that all that, you know, flows together and represents that, that brand seamlessly. A hundred percent accurate. And it's not that, you know, people are going to build a brand very often that has front of mind awareness where I'm going to think of company X when I think of when I need a window, but yeah, that's, that's they very do hard look to do for that seamless areas. story. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's very hard to do in most areas when it's, you know, highly competitive and, and even companies that spend, uh, you know, a lot of money. I mean, you almost have to be the biggest guy in the area. And even then a lot of people still it's don't tough. know who you are. <laughs> a hundred percent right but you know consumers are more educated than they've ever been so when they look at a company and they look at a brand they do connect with something that is seamless to your point when they said you know the in-home presentation matches their website their brochure matches their website their brand is represented well i understand what this company's core values are and there's not a lot of companies that do it really really well online in this industry however the ones that do it well typically see notably higher conversion rates. So even if they don't have front of mind brand awareness, they look and they act like a developed brand. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, the hardest part I think for someone starting out is getting, you know, that type of stuff right. So they can start converting in the beginning to even be able to have an established company one day, um, I mean, I kind of met with a, a potential client this last weekend over dinner and, you know, they're a newer company and they do have a website that's up there. Um, you know, they've been in business less than a year, you know, but they had no, you know, Google listing, no reviews going on yet. Um, they had a Facebook page with just a couple of likes and a, a couple of reviews. And I think that's really hard for a new person to get started when they are battling some of the giants that do some of that stuff well. And it's, you know, I, w I had another phone call with uh, with Tony last night with Tony Hody. And, you know, we were discussing that, you know, we almost feel that when a, a company goes to market, you should, you know, try to have 55 star reviews up there already. And, you know, hey, how do you do that? You well, you know, you reach out to your friends, your family, your suppliers, you know, other people you worked with, not for them to say, hey, these, these guys did work for me and they did great. I mean, we definitely don't want to lie on that. But to say, hey, I, I know this company, I know these people, I know they're going to do a good job type of, you know, type of review. And I think if you can get that initial website right, you know, and get some reviews up there and look like you are an established company, um, you know, all the better. 
Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, the power of reviews are, are huge. I mean, people are going to look at the reviews that your company has. And, and I do think reaching out to some of those types of people is a very valid way of doing it. Again, you have to keep it on topic and make sure that it's legitimate. But, you know, that's part of the story. So everybody has a reason why they got into business, whether they worked for a company that didn't and they, maybe they didn't agree with how they went to market and they thought they had a better, more effective way. That's part of the story. The reviews are part of the story. The people you work with are part of the story. So even a company that is like open day one, there's a feeling and emotion that pushed that person to open that company. And your story will change and evolve over time. But that's what it is at that moment. And, you know, we would implore people to tell that story. Tell, you know, talk about why this was important for you to start and how you're going to, you know, make changes to your organization to serve customers better. There, there's almost always a really good story to be told there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just thinking when you're saying that, that just about everyone I talk to that, you know, starts their own company in this business started from either, you know, sales or started from production and or, you know, a marketing position at a, you know, more established company. And they essentially went off on their own because they thought they could do it, you know, better, faster, stronger, you know, however, you know, better service or, you know, whatever that one thing that may be that they saw that they didn't think maybe their company was doing perfect, that they could, you know, do better than. And I think that's the story they got to tell. Absolutely. And, and it's fine for that story to, to evolve over time and just add to it and change it. You know, the original story is the primary motivator, but there's no reason that it can't be kind of timelined out and then your story evolves and adapted to, to the current uh, environment. Absolutely. And so when they finally get a website that is built right for them that tells their story, uh, I think naturally that next step um, and from when we were talking before really is is not having enough or not having really any calls to action to get that website to convert. Yeah. And that's a very typical problem. So sometimes people will develop websites that tell the story very effectively and it's set up in a manner that it looks really good, but it forgets to ask for the lead. So, you know, the first thing I'll say is that people went to your website for a reason. Okay. So just to lay that out very briefly for you, this person went out on their own time and conducted a search. And let's just say that search was for replacement windows. So the hardest thing to overcome from a marketing perspective, you didn't have to overcome with digital marketing. And that's timing because that person went out on their own time and conducted a search for replacement windows, let's say. And they went to Google and out of the millions of websites that rank for that keyword, they clicked on your link because they read your ad copy talking about what they were looking for. Then they went to your website and they read your website talking about what they're looking for. The biggest problem is, is that there's too much friction in a website that lacks call to actions. So friction is a conversion killer. So in almost every case, you want what we would call like an open form call to action on your website where it's incredibly evident of for how, for them to get a quote. So they don't have to click on the contact us page. They don't have to click on the get a quote page because from a mobile perspective, people don't want to keep reloading new pages. The form is right there and they simply give up a little bit of information. Typically, the more information you ask for, the less leads you'll get. So you'll want to ask for the most pertinent, pertinent information, name, address, phone number, or email, maybe this the city and the state, depending on how you operate. And then they want to convert from there. 
Now, the other part of that is, is you have to make an offer. So it's not it's not good enough to just say, get a quote. And what we tell people is, is you want to go into your individual market. Let's say you're in Atlanta, Georgia. You want to go out, conduct that same search for the products that you offer and see what the offers are that other companies are making. Is it buy four, get one? Is it 20% off of installation or 20% off of the product? Whatever it might be. And you want to construct an offer that at least parallels them or maybe does a little bit better if possible and then build that offer directly into your call to action. Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, I would venture to say that's probably the one thing they really have to get, you know, done right, because even if they tell that story well, and the website could look great, you know, just like you said, I, I mean, I know when I go, uh, you know, I started, you know, training for like triathlons and stuff. And so trying to get all the, the gear that I need and, you know, reading reviews and going through all that, you know, and uh, this is a different industry, but I, I think it, says what the consumer mind is doing. And when I click on something and I want something, I, I don't want to have to enter all this different stuff to get the info, you know, that I want. I, I want to just essentially just put my email address in, you know, send me the email on it and, you know, you know, done. And whenever I get to those forms that, that are asking for too much stuff, I frankly just don't fill them out. I mean, even and, and if I really want most it, consumers are. Yeah. Even if I really am really, really interested in it, I'm not filling all that stuff out. Yeah. And that's a very typical response um, you know, where if you say, I want your street address, your city, your state, your zip, your email. Uh, I mean, there are things in there that you just don't need to, to get it into your database and begin to follow up with them. I, I mean, I, I completely understand the more, the better. I got that. But at the same time, you know, the volume of leads that's coming in is what's most important to most people. And to get, you know, the basic set of information is, is more than sufficient. You know, it's it's the offer that's associated with it also. And, you know, we've worked with companies over the years for very good reasons, you know, that said, hey, I, I don't want to do the buy three, get one or this type or 30 percent off installation offer because it's I don't think it's really real. And I don't you know, it's not how I go to market. And, and I get that. And I understand that maybe in a home show you have enough time to tell that story. But from a digital perspective, it will always cost you leads. So, I mean, again, really think about the offers that you're making and make sure they at least parallel other offers that are being made in your market. Yeah. I mean, what makes them want to click now? I mean, and click yours now as opposed to somebody else's. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's a reason that every car dealership ad ever has a very strong offer in it. It's a typically combined offer. So it's like a factory incentive. It's a dealer incentive. And then the one thing that's always common is a timing offer. So you'll hear constantly, there's never been a better time to get a new Ford pickup truck. And they always say something like that because they understand that timing is a major motivating factor to consumers. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and, and specifically in our industry, right, we're trying to get those leads set, you know, right away within, you know, 72 hours, preferably want to go see them tomorrow because we know the quicker we can make all that happen, the better off everything is. 100% completely agree. Um, and so that naturally just goes into the, you know, the, the same thing with the calls to action is, is the site not being set up properly for mobile to convert. And I think when we were, you know, when we did the pre-call about this and I was talking to you, I, I asked you the question, you know, I'm like, are, are people's sites still really not set up for mobile? Cause I know, 
you know, a few years ago, that was all the rage, right? You had to have a mobile compliant website. It had to, you know, convert because so many people were, you know, searching sites, you know, from their cell phones now. And so I thought that was kind of come and gone. And for the most part, you, you, you said it was most people do have a mobile website. But uh, news to me was that the mobile site itself isn't really set up uh, to convert. And your thoughts and what we talked about on it, uh, you know, were great. So I'd love you to share those with the listeners. So, I, I mean, you're definitely right. Most people have what's called a responsive website at this point, meaning that the website automatically adapts to not just the device type, but the size of the device. You know, that that's very old at this point. It's years and years and years old. So most companies are there. But what most companies aren't really focused on is the user experience through that process. So knowing that your ability to convert most people went from a large desktop, probably an average you know, monitor size of you know, at least 20 inches, down to a cell phone device. So the viewing pane being maybe four and a half to five inches in most cases. And you're selling a you know, demonstrable product in, in most cases as well. So most people are not focused on the user experience the way that they need to. So we subscribe to this notion that familiar equals intuitive. We want a frictionless conversion process, and we want the experience to kind of feel like everything else they do on their cell phone device. Because, you know, most traffic, 65 70% is coming in on cell phone devices at this point. It's a staggering number. Do so we, do how we see that make, continue to uh, sorry to cut you off there, but do do we see that um, continue to rise? Is it like every year? Is it more and more percentage of people are going through cell phone, or is it kind of leveled out? No, it, I mean it's it ha, it's not growing as quickly as it once did, but it is still growing. Okay. So I mean, desktop usage is just is not where it was. I mean, I, I think of you know my family sometimes. When was the last time you watched TV and your cell phone was not in your hand? And it's because if you see a TV ad, you Google it and you go to that website. It, it's just, it's part of us at this point, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, it's always in our hand. So, you know, building that, that website that is very familiar and intuitive is just critical. And a good example of that is, is we all use Facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be. And when we use that app, okay, and it's typically app-based, we're not logging into the website and using it. There's a little bottom navigation that allows you to, to take care of all of the core functions of your website. Uh, it's what we call pinky boundary compliant, meaning I can navigate my entire website as I cradle the bottom of my cell phone with my pinky, I can navigate with my thumb. So why not make the mobile version of your website look like an app, look like what we're all so incredibly used to using and make it navigate in that same manner? So, you know, that's something that we pioneered several years ago at this point is app-based navigation on websites, not even just on apps. So there's a, a thousand little things like that. Does it have app-based navigation? Do you limit the amount of wobble in your website or completely remove it? How fast is the mobile experience? Are you lazy loading images below the fold, just like Facebook loads older stories below the fold? So the code base is incredibly important as well. So just that overall experience on that cell phone device that is going to, you know, again, going to make the difference between success and failure for a lot of companies. 
And so when you see a company get that right, um, you know, I'm sure it obviously converts more, but do you see then the person also spending more time on that site because it's something that they're used to and they know how to navigate and they can get through it and they can, you know, get the content better as opposed to maybe something that isn't, you know, set up that way? So the analytics on the whole thing are very interesting. So in some cases, yes, that's exactly what happens. Um, you know, what we look for is a little bit more time on site. We primarily look for higher conversion rates, but the analytics are different. So if you've built a really good mobile experience, your homepage, an example, will be a very long homepage where a user can keep scrolling down your feed, like basically the feed of your website and see everything that you offer, whether it's, you know, windows, siding, gutters, kitchens, bathrooms, you know, if you build out one long homepage, that user doesn't need to keep clicking and reloading new pages. So in some cases, we actually see the number of pages visited go down. But it's only because they had a seamless experience on the homepage that gave them all of the information that they're looking for. Too many clicks on a cell phone device could sometimes be the symptom of a frustrated user. Yeah, so it, it's very it interesting to look at the analytics, yes. Yeah, that is interesting. Absolutely. Um, and so that brings us really to the to kind of the, the last point here, which is uh, they don't have the proper conversion strategy set up for pay-per-click. Yeah, and that's probably one of the biggest things that we see when we audit a, a campaign. And we, we do a lot of auditing at Socius. And we'll look at a company in a very easy way for your listeners to understand this, is that if you own a company that does more than one thing. So you offer more than one product and you're not using what we call a microsite. So a, a smaller separate website living on the same URL that only talks about one specific product, then your conversion rate is really going to suffer. So an example, if you offer kitchen remodeling, bathroom remodeling, windows and roofing, you know, it's four product categories that we're talking about. And a, and a user or prospective client for you typically has more than one project in mind for their for their home. A lot of companies, a lot of people that, you know, could use windows could also use gutters. And my goal is to eliminate the distraction of that. So if I typed into a search engine replacement windows and I come to a website that sells replacement windows, gutters and roofing, I might I might start thinking to myself, maybe I should do my roof first or you know, can I afford the gutters at the same time? I don't know. Let me go back and look at this. There's too many options there. So in a perfect conversion model, the way that this would work is somebody searches replacement windows. And even if you offer all of these different products, you take them to a microsite. So again, a scaled down version of your website that only talks about windows. Don't distract them with all of the other things that you do. And, and what's interesting is, is we have studied this at great length. And we, we do it continuously. We just did it again with a company called Reborn Cabinets, which is the high watermark from a web design standpoint and a storytelling standpoint. We thought to ourselves, this website is so good that maybe we should test sending direct traffic or paid traffic to it again. And that test was scheduled for 30 days. I think it went seven days because it was so slanted towards the microsite, still converting at a notably higher level that we paused the test. So 
if you're doing pay-per-click and you're not using microsites and you sell multiple products, I can almost guarantee you that you're doing it wrong and that you're losing a lot of conversions and you're paying too much per lead because of it. And could you uh, explain uh, that website one more time where they could, if the listener wanted to check that website out, it is again? So the, the web, if the listener would like to uh, look at kind of like the best website in the industry, it's called RebornCabinets.com. Uh, they're a company based out of California. Uh, it's truly the high watermark. Uh, it actually just won gold at the Marcom Awards, which is a very prestigious award that the website won. And if you look at the storytelling that's built into it, the branding that's built into it, kind of the playoff of their name, even Reborn and Renewed is kind of incorporated through the whole website. You know, go to the About Us page and look at how they tell their story. They're using video. They're using timelines. They literally backed up to when the two current owners of the company were small children driving from New York to California with their parents to start this company together. And it shows all of that. We actually took old film, converted it to video, and then incorporated it on the website. And what's amazing is, is that brain was very, very established for a very long time. A lot of companies that are listening to this probably know that company. And they saw a dramatic increase in conversion by going through the process that they went through. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I wanted you to talk uh, a little bit about it. I know those guys well, and, and they do a great job. And I know the website's a, a huge part of that. So so congrats on the award. I, I didn't know I'd had won that award. So that that's awesome. Yep, they just um, they just won that award. Actually, along with uh, we've had a couple other win some awards here recently as well, including uh, New Pro out of Boston and Tundraland in Wisconsin. Yeah, awesome, absolutely. I know you've done a lot of work with uh, with those guys. So uh, that kind of you know brings us to the last segment of the show. Power's powerful point, Chris. What powerful point do you have for the listeners today? Well, you know, look, what I would tell people is that your website is the the center of your marketing universe, okay? So if your direct mail isn't working, look at your website. If you're doing TV and it's not working, look at your website. Radio not working, look at your website. I mean, I'm a stu- I'm, I'm a, just someone that loves studying marketing. And I will tell you, in the automotive world, every single study says, look, out of all of the advertising that we do, and they do a massive amount of TV, all the data shows that they go to your website first. So no matter what you do, you want to make sure that your website is the first thing that you work on before you do these other forms of marketing. Make sure that you have a lot of reviews. Okay. You know, Kyle talked about it, you know, earlier in this conversation, you need to get out there and you need to be getting reviews for your organization, even very early on, because people want that third party validation. You know, if you don't know if your website is up to snuff, I mean, go through an audit process. Uh, get with an industry expert. A lot of the times they'll do you know, a basic audit for free to show you the usability of your website. I, I would highly encourage anybody to do that. I mean, it's just a very, very worthwhile process. Yeah, I mean, it certainly couldn't hurt, that's for sure. Definitely. So yeah, Chris, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, really look forward uh, to seeing you in your home state of Florida here coming up in May as one of our very valued sponsors of LeadCon. Um, as do I. And we're super excited to attend that event and, and start to see people in person again. Yeah. I mean, that of anything, just to be able to get in a room full of people and share ideas and, and to network and to you know meet other great companies such as yourself. 
um, is, is always great. Uh, even more so now that none of us have really done it for a year or so. so. <laughs> I, I'm we're super excited. So thank you for having us there. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I, I thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you in May at LeadCon. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders podcast. For a free consultation on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.